When did the New Testament church begin? How did it begin? It began with the resurrection of Jesus. Prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus, we had the Old Testament temple, the Jews, the way made to God for the Jews was the sacrifice of animals, the blood of animals. And it had to be done every year for the sins of the people. But God made a better way, and that is he made a way of salvation through the blood of Jesus. In the Bible it says almost all sins are purged by blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no sin. Did you shed your blood to pay for your sins? Did I? No, of course not. Our sins are paid for by the blood of Jesus. So the church as we know it today, the New Testament church, began with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when he was raised into heaven, he set up the church as we know it today. He set up the church by giving us ministers. We read about that in Ephesians chapter 4. He gave us some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You probably know evangelists, pastors, and teachers from your own church groups. But how about apostles and prophets? I was born again in 1975. I was taken into heaven in the night after I was born again and merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the word of God, with God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the same thing happened again. I believe in my case, this was when I was ordained into the two ministry offices that God was going to have me work to help the church. The offices I was put in were apostle and prophet. At first, I knew the prophet office. And people around me knew the prophet office. People at the churches that I attended knew the hand of God was on me, and they just kept saying, we know the hand of God is on you. How did they know that? By the work I did, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given to me by God. Because very often I would go to a meeting and I would have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. The first time it ever happened to me was that prayer group that I attended in our neighborhood. The women were praying about something and I heard, look up. And I looked up and on a solid wall, I saw the outline of what I knew was a body part. And while they're praying, I'm talking to God. And I said, I know that's a body part, but I don't know which one. And I heard the word stomach. And I said, oh yeah, it's a stomach. I remember the old Pepto-Bismol commercials of a stomach. So after the women quit praying, I said, 
does anyone have a stomach problem? One woman in the group said, I do, I do. And that's how God showed me word of knowledge. It was something that I didn't have any way of knowing except God showed it to me. After that, I would go to the Bible class at the church I attended, and the teacher would say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? Frequently, when they sang songs, God would show me words of knowledge. And when the teacher said, does anyone have a word from the Lord, then I would share the words of knowledge that God had given me. So God raised me up to know that I had something of God that I was to share with the church. He also took me to several passages of Scripture to show me the working of prophets. It's really easy to see what prophets do. The Old Testament is filled with information about prophets. All you have to do is go and read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and you see the work of a prophet very clearly. You also see the work of a prophet when you consider Elijah and Elisha. God took me to Ezekiel, especially to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3, Ezekiel says in verse 4, And he, God, said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee into the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Prophets are sent to the church. They're not sent to the world. They're sent to the church with messages for the church. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 6, God said, Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou canst not understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart, and hear with thine ears, and go get thee to them of the captivity unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. That's the first point about prophets. They are sent to the church. And we are trained by God to speak what he says. At one point in my life, 1982 approximately, God said to me, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
Over and over he said that to me. I didn't know what he meant, but I was soon to find out. Up to that point, he had been giving me messages on taking thoughts captive, healing the wounded believer, dealing with destructive thoughts, following God by his spirit. He was going to now give me judgment messages. For several high-level radio television ministers were called to my attention, and there were various messages for those ministers. I found when I tried to send the message to the minister directly, I couldn't get the message to the minister. So I was persuaded to give the message on my own radio broadcast, which at that point in time were from coast to coast in the United States, naming the minister by name and telling the problem and giving the message that I'd heard from God. When I did that, Those ministers got the message. The hate mail poured in from their followers. The churches always persecute the prophets. They always have, they always will. When you speak the word that God has given you, you will be rejected and persecuted just as Jesus was rejected. In Ezekiel chapter 3, God showed me something that's very, very important for prophets to know, for all of us to know. Verse 17, God said, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, And thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. God showed me by this section of scripture that we must speak the words that we believe to be from God. There was a time in, I was in Seattle for a meeting. As I approached the meeting room at Seattle Center, the radio station manager was standing outside the door of the meeting room. He had always been very friendly to me. This time he was very reserved. And he said to me, Joan, you have many good messages. Just speak those messages. If you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We might have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit inside me rose up to answer that. And I said, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. So God taught me, we have to speak the message that's from God. Now, how do we know which message is from God? There are so many messages. 
how do I know what to speak to you today? I turn on the recorder. I speak the first word that I have, and then I pay attention to anything called my attention by the Holy Spirit. And we go to that scripture. And then another scripture might be called to my attention. We go to that scripture. Then it to my mind comes a concept. I give that example. So that is just following the Spirit of God and speaking what God wants you to speak. It's not something that I plan out. As a rule, I don't plan it out. He taught me just get up in front of the people and speak as you hear from me. So I walked onto the stage, or I turn on the recorder, and I begin speaking that which is brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit, the scripture or the concept, and it will meet the needs of the people when you do that. Ezekiel chapter 3. So God has told Ezekiel that he's made him a watchman. A prophet is often a watchman. We're not deliberately trying to see things, but you just see them. And he said to Ezekiel, verse 19, Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked ways, He shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. And I saw by this, I had to speak. I had to speak whatever God brought to my mind. Otherwise, I might not be warning you properly. And if I warn you, and you fail to heed the warning, and you die and suffer penalty because of the way you went. Your blood is not on my hand because I delivered to you all the counsel of God. Now that's a strong responsibility of a prophet, but also of other ministers. And I think of individuals too. I asked God, was there any example in the New Testament showing this concept, and he reminded me of the Apostle Paul. If you'll look at Acts chapter 20, we will see that the Apostle Paul said the same thing, that he had to warn them, and their blood was not on his hands because he did warn them. He gave them all the counsel of God. When they arrived at Ephesus, Paul called the elders of the church and began speaking to them. And he said, I have held back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. And he says, Now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you 
all the counsel of God. So I saw Paul saying the same thing that God told Ezekiel. Speak the word. Don't hold anything back. If you hold anything back, you will be responsible for that person's sin if he dies in his sins. That doesn't sound like that's New Testament, does it? But Paul said the same thing. I'm pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. A woman in our church group had her adult age son planning to visit her. He had separated from his second wife. He and his first wife divorced, and this was his second wife. He was now separated from her. This woman planned out quite a few things she was going to say to her son. I happened to call her about 30 minutes before the young man was to arrive at her house, and she told me she had a whole bunch of things planned out to to tell him. And I said, oh, no, don't do that. Instead, throw your list away and just pray to God and ask him to show you as you speak with your son to remind you of what he wants you to say. He'll bring it to your mind and speak that. She did what I said. She told me later not one thing on her list was brought up. God had a totally different way for her to speak to her son. It is so important that we follow the Holy Spirit. I don't plan out anything to speak before someone comes to my house. I just pray and ask God to have me speak what he wants me to speak and to keep me from speaking anything other than what he wants me to speak. Then, when I am with the person, I make an effort to yield to the Holy Spirit and speak those things that are brought to my attention by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, It is harder to do than other times. Quite a few years ago, I was with my favorite aunt, who was a Church of Christ member. She's no longer living. As I visited with my aunt, I heard these words tell her about being taken into heaven. I really didn't want to do that. But I yielded to the Holy Spirit, and I told her. Shortly after I was born again, in the night I was taken into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was a spiritual situation. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, with God and the Holy Spirit, witnessing. As I told her this, I noticed she got kind of a dreamy look on her face. And when I quit speaking, she said to me, something like that happened to me once. 
and it was all golden. She had had an experience of being taken into heaven. She was very different from our other relatives. Now, she and I connected really well. But most people were afraid of her. She wasn't harsh to them. I never even heard her give them a message. But they recognized there was something in her that was of God, and they were afraid when they were around her. Continuing with Ezekiel 3, God said to Ezekiel, When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin. And his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be remembered. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man, that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. And Ezekiel says, And the hand of the Lord was there upon me. By this section of scripture, I believe God gave me the strength to speak his message and warn the people when I had a warning. So back to Ephesians chapter verse 8 when he Jesus ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men verse 11 and he Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Yes, there are New Testament apostles and prophets. Do we have any example in the New Testament Bible of prophets working in the New Testament church? That's the first thing to examine. For we need to see that. We need to see, are there prophets after the resurrection of Jesus? Do we see any examples of the work they did in the New Testament church? Well, yes, there are examples. If you look at Acts chapter 11, you will see an example of one of the prophets named Agabus. There are several prophets named. One of the prophets is Agabus. 
Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. When Paul came to Caesarea, and his other ministers came with him to Caesarea, it says, As we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. So we see Agabus again showing up in Acts 21, verse 11. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So Agabus shows Paul what's going to happen to him at Jerusalem. Paul frequently traveled with a prophet named Silas, and we have a record in the book of Acts of this. Acts chapter 15, verse 32 and Judas and Silas, now that's not the Judas, Judas who uh, had Jesus killed, it's another Judas. Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. This is definitely one of the things prophet does, is to exhort the church. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice and warning. Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. Acts 15, chapter 40, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Silas often traveled with Paul. Silas a prophet often traveled with Paul, an apostle teacher. When I was visiting my mother in, a, in another city, where I didn't live in that city, but when I was visiting her, I went to have coffee with a couple of Baptist women. One of the Baptist women began speaking of the new church building that the pastor at her church was getting ready to build. And she said to me, there's a woman in our church that's just so against what the pastor is doing. What do you suppose could be wrong with this woman? And out of my mouth came, maybe she's a prophet. Without any thought whatsoever that was brought out of me. Because prophets are often shown things that ministers are about to do that are wrong. Well, the two Baptist women said no more about this woman. 
There was a time I was playing golf with two women. One of the women was Church of Christ and the other was Methodist. As we were playing, the Methodist woman began speaking about people who judged and how they there were some people that just judged other people so much. And out of my mouth came, if you judge that someone's judging, aren't you judging? This woman gasped. It was like she was filled with hot air and someone had poked her balloon with a needle and all the air escaped. She went, ah! And the other woman started laughing. Prophets do that type of thing all the time. Things come out of your mouth that shed light on the truth. If you're judging, someone's judging. Aren't you judging? At one point several years ago, a pastor in San Angelo, Texas, invited me to speak to his small church group. At the end of the session, the pastor invited people to come forward who wanted prayer. And then the pastor asked me to go down this line and pray for these individuals. I walked up to this one woman and I said to her, and what is it that you want from God? And she said, oh, I just want more of the Lord. And I said, now God will tell me what you are doing. And she jumped up and waved her arms in the air and said, Oh, no, Lord, don't tell her. Well, the whole building burst out in laugh. These people knew what this woman was doing. She was trying to trick me and look religious. And she believed that God would show me. It broke up the meeting. I don't remember us praying for anyone else during that meeting. A lot of times people don't want to hear from God. They just want to present themselves as being righteous. Jesus talked to the scribes and Pharisees about this subject. Matthew 23, verse 14, Jesus says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Jesus went on in this section of scripture and he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, 
but are within full of dead bones and all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. John the Baptist spoke similar things to the people that came to him. We have an example of this in Luke chapter 3. Then said he, John the Baptist, to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Scared the people to death. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? Prophets speak truth, and truth convicts people of their sin. I was visiting where my mother lived in Clovis, New Mexico. When I opened a cabinet door in her kitchen, I noticed a set of horoscope mugs there. I had given them to her before I was born again. My mother kept up with horos- with monthly, daily horoscopes. We went to town every month, and she bought the horoscope magazine for that month and read my horoscope to me many days. I took those mugs and began putting them in a garbage bag. My mother was watching me, and when she realized what I was about to do, she said, No, stop. What are you going to do? I want to keep those mugs. You gave those to me. I didn't respond in any way. I just kept putting them into the garbage bag. Without any word whatsoever, I took the garbage bag into the alley and broke the mug so no one else could use them and threw them in the dumpster. When I returned to the house without the mugs, my my mother knew what had been done. She didn't say anything. She just sat there. I got a Bible and began reading to her From Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. After I read that scripture... She sat there silently for a few minutes. And then she said, Well, 
I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was convicted of her sin and at that second born again. After I returned to Dallas where I live, I received a letter from my uncle. He said to me, Your mother has changed. She has really changed. That's what it's all about. That's what being born again does. It changes you. And you are born again when you see your sins. And you see your sins when God speaks his word to you where you need to hear that portion of the word. There is not any time any one of us would have selected Deuteronomy 18 to speak to a person thinking they would be born again by it. I simply followed the Holy Spirit and spoke what I heard from the Holy Spirit and God caused my mother to be born again as a result of that word from Deuteronomy 18. The first scripture I ever remember God giving me was John chapter 5 verse 30. Jesus says, I can of mine own self do nothing. This is the Son of God speaking. He said of himself he could do nothing. And then he said, as I hear from God, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. When I read that, I was just shocked. Here is the Son of God who can do nothing. But he just spoke what he heard from God. And that's exactly what we do today. We have the Holy Spirit in us, whether you're a prophet or whether you're an individual in the church. You have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit reminds you of things and you learn to speak that. It's not that we plan out things or speak things thinking this will help the person or this will do such and such. We follow the Holy Spirit. When he reminds us of something, we speak it. And the Spirit of God does the work in the individual. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.